did you have any other questions before we get started? No, bitch. Let's get started. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go to the back bar, grab your products, and then we will get started. Hey, bestie. I'm so glad that you're here. Oh my gosh. I have some drama, gossip, and great news to tell you all at the same time. So while you're getting your stuff, I'm going to grab my stuff from the back bar and let's just have a chitty chat. Hello, hello, all of you beautiful souls. My name is Heather. Welcome to the back bar. Come on, bestie. Let's go head to the back bar, have a little chit chat before we start our day. Um, or if you're listening in between clients or on your commute to and from work, I appreciate you. So yeah, I started this podcast because during beauty school, whenever we would have to go to the back bar, aka the cabinet in the back that had like all of the extra really cool products that didn't come in our kit, we would always share the most random moments. Sometimes, of course, we would be like, holy shit, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing right now, but I pulled it off or like uh, I almost sliced off my finger with the scalpel blade type thing. Other times it's like a hell yeah, did you see that before and after? <laughs> like, So I was just like, man, we need a podcast that kind of shares those moments so that we can look back and listen to these years from now when we're further along in our beauty careers. And for those of you who are already deep into your beauty careers, you can look back and reminisce. So my name is Heather. I am the owner of Beauty Buds Aesthetics. I just became a licensed esthetician. And so that's kind of the other reason I wanted to start this podcast was because the experience of beauty school and year one are like super, super fresh. And I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to capture it. So even if nobody listens, which I'm sure hopefully lots of people will listen, I'll at least have it to look back on. Um, but yeah, so I had my daughter when I was in high school and growing up, my mother worked at JCPenney and she started at the beauty counter working and selling makeup in the cosmetics department. And I used to love going and visiting her there. Obviously, when I was very, very little, um, she worked at places like Whataburger and this shoe store called Buster Brown. But the majority of her career up until 2013 was working for JCPenney as a company. And she started just as a cosmetic salesperson. And then she started working for a couple of the brands and she became like a lead cosmetic advisor. And then she became kind of like the manager of that department. And then she became a department manager and had women's cosmetics and accessories. And she kind of just ignited the beauty obsession in me because since she was working in the beauty department when I was like 
you know, kind of going through it as a young girl, right? Your body's changing, you've got hormones, your teeth are changing, you've got all your crooked like adult teeth that haven't fully come in yet. Um, So when I got into fifth grade, she was like, I'm going to give you a makeup lesson. I do not want you sharing dirty eyeliner and mascara and little like lip liners and things of that nature with your friends at school. Like I want you to know the proper way to put on your makeup, how to keep everything clean and sanitary. And from that first makeup lesson and being able to get all of the samples and the gratis and like all of that crazy stuff that like you get working at the counter at the beauty store, um, well not beauty store, but you know, beauty department in like a department store, I should say. Um, I kind of just became fascinated with like all these different things and that each product had a purpose and it could, you know, contour and shade and highlight and add blush and shadow and like all of that stuff. So makeup for me, at least starting around fifth grade was pretty accessible. I know there's a lot of families out there that don't share that same mindset. You know, I had a friend who didn't wear makeup until she was like 23, 25 years old. So I was very privileged in the fact that my mom was able to kind of share that love of beauty with me, show me the proper way to use it, teach me about things being sanitary. You know, definitely didn't want to get pink eye and conjunctivitis from the same 10 girls passing around mascara and an eyeliner. But um, so I kind of always wanted to like work for Mac. I think any girl that loved Mac growing up in the late nineties and early two thousands, like that was the craze, right? Every time you walked by a department store that sold Mac or a Mac counter and you saw all of the individual little eyeshadow pans and like different things and the whole array of colors that they had in pigment, it was like, wow. I wanted to do that. And Mac is very selective with their application process. And it's like a whole audition. You have to actually do a live makeup application like to apply in your interview. So it was just like this whole crazy thing um, back in the early 2000s. And then I became pregnant with my daughter. And like I said, I was in high school. I was a sophomore in high school at the time. So My mom always would just be like, look, I work at the mall. You know, I work crazy hours. I'm already not home for you. Like, I know you're working at the mall because it's what you could get part-time while you're saving and all of this stuff for the baby. But like working at the mall can be a great career, but it's going to be really difficult and you need something stable, something that's going to give you benefits. And like the medical field is not going away. Beauty trends come and go. Companies open and do great for a few years and then they shut down and then there are no more. So she's like, I really think that you just, you know, you need to get like a stable job. Obviously keep working at the mall because it's a part-time job you have now. And so I ended up looking into like nursing school and Again, this is, you know, 2003 in Tucson, there just wasn't a lot of options except for a local community college in the U of A. Both programs were super competitive, super hard to get into the wait list, even to start like your core classes for the nursing program at one point with Pima was five semesters. That's 
literally like two and a half years. So I remember having an advisor tell me you could get all of your prereqs out of the way, go into our radiolo uh, radiologic technology program and be a rad tech, complete that program while you're on the waiting list to start core and then come back and be a nurse. And I'm like, what, what you're trying to tell me to do something else and then become a nurse. Like that just seems so confusing. So long story short there, I ended up going to a vocational school, Apollo college, and I got my medical assistant because I got it in like nine months. I had a really great GPA. I didn't miss any days. I didn't miss any class. And I found that it was fascinating. I was still learning about the body. I could still deal with people you know, I, I'm a people person. I like talking and chatting and getting to know people and sharing stories. And I was like, you know, it's not, it's not such a bad gig. And there's lots of different things you can be as a medical assistant. You could go into any specialty that you wanted, whatever. But like in the back of my mind, I always wondered what if I had just stuck it out at the mall and like nailed an interview at Mac, like how would my life had changed? I could have been doing something I love and working in the beauty industry and not just slaving away, starting at, you know, emptying bedpans and doing all the other weird things that you do when you're like a brand new medical assistant. So here I am now about to turn 39 getting ready to graduate in one day, y'all, one day from beauty school as a licensed esthetician. It has been a crazy journey this past year um, because, again, it's a trade school. It's very hard if you take a leave of absence to be able to get re-enrolled, which I did take a leave of absence because I was still doing medical assistant things. But yeah, I started at one school, had a pretty okay experience. And then when I took a leave of absence and went to transfer, I kind of really got the full treatment from that school and ended up being very grateful and thankful that I was able to transfer to Empire Beauty because the group of girls that I have met is so amazing the administrators that I've personally gotten to work with in my program have been nothing but great. And it seems like it flew by so fast these last like three months. It was crazy. I'm hoping that we all stay in contact because we're all SD besties now and we've gone through some things. So in choosing my career path for esthetician, there were kind of a lot of different things that I could do. I could go into medical aesthetics, especially because I do have that huge medical background. I do have my phlebotomy certification, which is great if you're trying to do like microneedling with PRP because they will draw your blood, use your plasma and all the other good nutrients that come from your blood during the microneedling process. Um, I could work at a lash studio. I could work at a tanning studio. European wax or, you know, another chain waxing studio and kind of just make a normal hourly wage and build my skills. Or I figured I could just dive in head first and really chase my dreams full throttle. So that's what I decided to do. I'm like, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm already a licensed esthetician. I'm 50% of like 50% of my ultimate goal is complete. Let's just 
dive in and get the rest of it. I knew ultimately I did want to own my own business and work for myself. I wanted to be able to scale it because if you can scale your business, obviously that means you can scale your income and profits and things of that nature. So for me, I immediately when I transferred to Empire Beauty, which was back in May, I immediately started looking at, okay, what do I need in my state and city to be able to just be a business owner? Didn't even start looking at aesthetics or any of that stuff. Just what do I need to be a business owner? So for those of you who are kind of teeter-tottering on venturing out on your own and starting a business, that is a great great place to start is look up owning a business in the city and state that you live in. Sometimes in certain places, your county might also have different regulations or rules. So just figure out if I want to own my own business, what do I absolutely need? Absolutely need. Um, for my area, I could either do like an LLC or a sole proprietorship. For me personally, I chose to go with an LLC. I also worked in insurance for a while um, as a second job, and then it became a main job when I left one of the doctors I was working for back in the day. So I'm super familiar with insurance and why it's so important, life insurance, health insurance, umbrellas, home insurance, auto insurance, all of that stuff. So after I figured out what I needed to do to be a business owner in my city and state, I started looking at insurance requirements. And I knew I wanted to have just general business insurance so that if somebody were to be coming to me for an appointment and they slipped and fell, I wanted to have that general liability insurance along with, you know, some things that would take care of their medical payments. I also knew as an esthetician, I was probably going to need a certain kind of insurance for that. So depending on your job, if you're a tradesman or a journeyman, contractor, things of that nature, um, there's going to be different insurance requirements. So a lot of the people, when I was searching insurance for estheticians, I kept coming up with the same ASPC. Um, and it's super affordable. It's like 270 bucks for the year. It gives you all of the coverages that you need. Um, and I kind of just made myself a little checklist. So if you're starting out as a licensed esthetician and you don't know if you want to start working at some kind of spa, resort, or chain um, versus venturing out on your own and getting a suite rental, I say go to Google Docs. I use it for everything. I made a pros and cons of getting a job that paid me hourly to where I could sharpen my skills versus the pros and cons of starting out on my own, having control of my schedule, having control of setting my prices and things of that nature and being able to bring in just more money. And then that kind of helped me. And then within that Google sheet of starting my own business, I added another sheet that kind of had the bullet points of what I needed. What do I need to be a business owner? How do I set up my LLC? What different types of insurance do I need? How much do those cost? And then after that, I started looking at locations. Did I want to work from home? What were the state board requirements for an esthetician or 
you know, whatever working from home, what are those requirements? What does it look like as far as sanitation? Do I have to have a separate entrance? Do they have to have a dedicated bathroom? Stuff like that. And then renting a suite. If I rent a suite, what are those requirements? What is the cost of suites in my area? How far am I willing to drive into town? You know, and so my Google spreadsheet just kind of kept growing from there. And as I figured things out and I kept journeying down the path of owning my own business and working for myself, I just checked things off as I did it. Secured my LLC. It was $85 for where I live at in Arizona. Got my insurance. You know, I wanted to trademark not just the name of my business, but also my logo. I know I'm going to be using social media very pretty much solely for all of my marketing and um, branding type of stuff. So I know most of us do hit the share button and credit great things and where we get them from. But in case we didn't, um, I just wanted to protect myself and trademarking my name and my logo was a pretty easy process for the state of Arizona. So I did that. It was also super affordable. I think it was like 25 bucks for both of them. And I figured if I could do that and it was good for 10 years, I wanted to do that. I wanted to have all of my I's dotted and my T's crossed and everything signed, sealed, ready to go. So that Lord forbid, if something gnarly happened, I knew I was covered fully. I have had a few friends that I know that have started businesses or podcasts or little networking groups, and then they didn't have certain things done and somebody stole all of their content that they were using and then trying to get it back. It was, uh, you know, who has the burden of proof? Like, can you prove that you were using that particular logo or those particular slides or stories or Instagram content before that person? And how do you, you know, how do you have proof that you created it before they did and stuff like that? So I just knew going in this direction and having friends that experience that kind of stuff that I really wanted to trademark those things so that if somebody did use it without my permission, I had the means to go after them and get that stuff taken down or at least get my content back, if that makes sense. Maybe I'll never use it, but it's good for 10 years and it costed me like 20 bucks. Um, the other great thing that I started doing within the last month was really curating my feed and the people I follow. So I have my personal account and I tried to really... Instagram, I love it because it makes it so easy. I literally have 10 different Instagram accounts, one for like my little side hustle when I sell like tamales and like baked goods and personalized items that I use my Cricut for like during the holidays. I have my other podcast. I have this podcast. I have my beauty buds page. I was helping a friend run her insurance like Instagram. So I love that you can have so many accounts attached to one login but I also find that it gets repetitive because I wanted to follow all the same people pretty much on a couple of my accounts. So then I had to take a step back and be like, okay, if it's truly friends and family and things that I love in my personal life, like musical artists, TV shows, other podcasts I listen to when I'm not actually working or creating my own content, let's just keep those people as to who I follow on that account. My Beauty Buds account, 
I like to share that account, but I also had to stop myself from also following all of my friends and family on that, right? So I curated my feed that I followed on my business account so that I am only seeing other people within my industry and specifically people and brands that I look up to and would like to work with. So I had to unfollow a lot of people and not follow people back, which I think most of the time when you go to follow a brand or an influencer or content creator or business that you support, you don't necessarily care if they follow you back anyways. So it made things just a little more messy for myself because I do have so many accounts that I control and create content for, but really curating each one and unfollowing a ton of people so that I wasn't seeing the same stories and content and my friends and family. I love you guys, but I didn't want their stuff flooding my personal account and then also popping up for beauty buds and also for hard to handle and all these other things. I want to only know when I log into beauty buds, I'm going to see everything that's beauty related and related specifically to my industry as an esthetician or booking app or whatever. So that is something I definitely suggest for you all too. If you are looking at working on branding for yourself, regardless if you work for yourself from home or for a chain, make sure that you do have two separate feeds. And just like what you post on your business account or beauty account is going to be completely different from your personal account, the people and accounts you follow should also be very different. Um, the other thing that I worked really hard to do, um, was also look at, okay, now if I'm going to own a business, do I need to have an EIN or TIN number? What do I use those numbers for? And especially if you're wanting to scale your business, you're going to want to go to the IRS and get a tax identification number or TIN that way you can open a business checking in a business Venmo and a business Zelle and be able to track all of your finances easier that way and your receipts. Since I also decided to work for myself, I had to look up self-employment tax and figure out how that works and get in contact with someone so that starting in August every quarter, I could just file my taxes quarterly and be able to manage that better and not have to worry about owing so much for self-employment tax at the end of the year while I'm also trying to file my personal taxes. So there's just lots and lots of crazy things that you have to kind of think about when you are starting your own business. And I do have a couple of templates uh, that I'm going to be posting. And if you would like to purchase them, I'm going to have them connected to my Beauty Buds aesthetic site and you can download it for a dollar and it's going to have all of the things that I used when I was looking at creating my business. The little checklist that I use, a budget sheet that I had for supplies, advertising, stuff like that, because that's also things that you need to be able to start tracking, right? Certain things you'll be able to write off with taxes. Other things will be, you know, an itemization to help you with your tax liabilities. So it's just really good to get yourself organized. And if paying a dollar for a set of Google Sheets that's going to help you to do it, 
I've personally did that. That's what I did on Etsy. I downloaded a template and personalized and customized it specifically for me and it has worked wonders. So since I made mine a little more specific to estheticians and estheticians starting out on their own straight out of school, I feel like anybody else following in my footsteps could benefit from it. So hopefully by the middle of August, I will have the link up and running so that the digital download can be available on my website. But just do the research. There's so much information out there from listening to podcasts to watching YouTube channels, going to Etsy. You know, Etsy was not just great for my template for my budgeting and creating my business, but they also have tons of forms on there. Liability waivers, you know, uh, video and photo liability waivers and stuff like that, that way you can post those before and afters and know that you're protected and covered in that scenario. Um, definitely research different booking sites. I started out just using my iPad and the calendar on there. And then I tried simply book me and that was great, but it just wasn't giving me exactly what I wanted. And so I'm now using gloss genius and I love it. So any of you who have gloss genius, drop some comments to me, send me a message with things you love, things you hate, any helpful tips or tricks you found when using it. Cause I'm still a newbie to it. I've been using it for about a month. But, um, yeah, (sighs) I feel like I kind of rattled off a lot, but I was really excited to record this episode. So we have a few minutes left. Um, and I also kind of just want to shout out to anybody listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, it means you've been part of my journey probably, (laughs) and you've probably let me work on your skin or brows or lashes or all three. So from the bottom of my heart and my family's heart, thank you so much. Um, Without my friends and family and the people who've trusted me to work on them while I've been a student in pursuing becoming an actual licensed esthetician, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And I've seen girls in my class bring in zero clients and have zero friends and zero family show up on campus so that they could sharpen their skills. And let me tell you, they're struggling. There's for the most part, my core group of people um, in my cohort, we have all passed our state boards. I was the first one to pass them, took them on the 3rd of July, passed them both. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Dunskies. Um, but we have noticed the ones who weren't being so proactive in practicing their skills and sharpening their knowledge by bringing in clients. They're suffering now that it's nearing graduation. So just really pay attention if you are thinking about or in the middle of beauty school. Please, please, please just pay attention to your attendance policy leaving early here and there and missing days can bite you in your ass because lots of schools have stipulations on making those hours up and being able to make them up within a certain time frame. And I have seen so many people at my original school and my current school like get dropped. And it's just so sad. If you are not going to have time to just dedicate the four to six months for this aesthetics program, if you're here in Arizona, I say wait until you can fully do it. Um, 
it's just a better experience for you. You're not going to be frustrated not being able to pass your state boards and wasting the money having to retake them. And it's just going to be a better experience for the people that you eventually do work on as clients because you dedicated and gave all of your time and attention into learning proper technique and being safe. Safety and proper technique goes so far in this industry. I really believe nowadays, because there are so many of us, that that's truly what sets us apart. Customer service, obviously, that's without saying, but it's the technique and the safety that really sets estheticians apart and others in our industry as well. So hopefully that got you through your commute or in between your clients and you were also productive in cleaning and sanitizing or focusing on driving. And yeah, I'm just super, super happy to take you guys along this crazy journey with me. Thanks for chatting with me today at the back bar while I was getting ready to set up for my successful day. Um, Next time it'll be a little more fun, a little more gossipy, a little more, ooh, what? But uh, at least now you've gotten my background, you've known where I'm at in my career and I hopefully gave you some helpful tips and tricks and ideas or thoughts to ponder about doing the same for yourself. Either way, hope you have a fabulous day and I will meet you at the back bar next time for a little chitty chat. Bye-bye.